King's Heralds. And uh, I just, I really love that song. And then, but I started digging into the words and I got a little troubled. (laughs) Because it said, if heaven's not my home, what will I do? And I got to thinking, God made us for this earth. This is our home. Are we, were we made to live forever in heaven? And I questioned it. And I pondered on it. And I thought, how in the world could the king's heralds lie to me? <laughs> well, uh, as someone pointed out to me later, he said, Bob, you're kind of right, and you're kind of wrong, as so often is the case. And um, we're going to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about God's promise. Jesus, before he left, in uh, John 14, and uh, verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and you and the astronaut, too. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that wherever I am, there you will be also. That is a great promise. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Um, God has uh, given us a promise that no matter how this earth treats you, and believe me, he spent 30 plus years here as a human being, so he knows what pain is, what aches are, what disappointment is, what it feels like to be abused by someone else. He knows about failure. He knows what we're going through, and I think he, uh, he really appreciates what we're going through and that he has offered himself, he offered himself so that we can leave this place and he can make it all new for us, for eternity. Um, if, you t- if everybody would turn to Acts 1 and... Um, Verses 9 to 11. I'd like to read something else about that. Acts 1, 9 through 11. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now it says two men. I think it might have been two angels, but um, 
who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So we're going to get to see that when he comes back. In fact, the promises every eye will see him. How that's going to work, I don't know, but that's, I hope I'm alive to see it. Even though that the competitive nature of me, that goes against my competitive nature, because I'm going to be first. And who will be first? Yeah. Yeah, the dead in Christ will be first. I'll have to wait. I'm not a good waiter. But I'll have to wait. But the, for the chance to see everything unfold and happen, yeah, that'd be great. Well, that begs the difference. God has promised that he's going to come back and take us. And being human beings, like children, we have questions. Usually those questions are who, where, when, why. Well, who? I like to think that those in the book of life answer that short question, those who are in the book of life. And then as a child, you would say, well, who is that? There's a, that's a, a, people have pondered that. People have all kinds of opinions as to who that is. Um, I, have, I have my opinion. Um, and I think it's going to be diverse. You know, the number of people, diverse. And we can't count them. And I base that on two things. I mean, there's a number of them, to, number of verses to base that out of. But I base it on two things. One was in Luke 23. And if you'd like to look that up. Um, in Luke 23, and Jesus is on the cross with two thieves. Two people that deserve to be on that cross in those days. And one of them starts ridiculing Jesus. Hey, Jesus, if you're the son of God, why don't you just call upon God and let you get down? Come on. Call on the angels. Get out of this mess. And he was ridiculing. The other one, however, recognized who Jesus was. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, Jesus, and this is a man that's hanging within hours of death on a cross in agony. And he said, Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, who was also hanging on the cross, hours from death in pure agony. Assuredly, I say it to you today. Some people move the comma around, but. Surely, I say to you today, you'll be in heaven with me. It's that easy. Did God make it that hard? No. Who made it hard? Us. Yeah. So just how many will be in heaven? Well, let's go to Revelation 21. If you would all join me there. Revelation, last book. 
chapter 21, verses 6 and 7. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's simple. Um, there's many more verses about who's going to be in heaven, what it takes to get into heaven. And it, as people, we've kind of confused things a little bit sometimes, I think. But the fact is, Jesus gave us a way to get to heaven. To where God lives. And we'll be able to face to face praise him, thank him, and love him. Face to face with God. Next comes where? Where are we going? We're going to heaven, right? What are in your mind... And everybody's formed pictures of heaven. What are some of the things heaven's going to be like? What are you going to see in heaven? What do you think? Hmm? Jesus? Jesus? Another thing in heaven. Angels? Angels? Another thing in heaven. People. People. Yeah. How about streets of gold? How about walls with pearls for gates. It's going to be something else. Well, the tree of life will be there. God's temple, actual temple, not the replica we made, the actual temple. So many things we're going to be able to see. When? Ah, when? Oh, how many books have been written about when? You know, uh, Godfrey was telling us about the Millerites and they thought, oh, it'll be at this time. No, well, that wasn't it. It'll be at this time. So he forgot about something in the Bible that says only the Father knows. This kind of shocked me a little bit. Jesus is in charge of the mission. Jesus doesn't know when the, the mission is going to happen. The Holy Spirit doesn't know when the mission is going to happen. The angels don't know when the mission is going to happen. Who knows when the mission is going to happen? The Father. God, the Father. That's right. And um, we're, we really shouldn't dwell on when. It'll happen. Some of us, it might happen today on our way out of church. Next thing we know, we're seeing Jesus. It could happen that soon. Others, we might be around when he does come, and it might be 20 years down the road. We don't know. We're not to speculate. We're not to dwell on when. However, being a human being, I speculated a little bit. And bear with me, please. Uh, if you have an issue with this, um, Please write either email or by mail, Godfrey. <laughs> Godfrey's my protector. In the year 1800, 
roughly. The Earth finally reached a population, the entire Earth finally reached a population of one billion, B, billion people. Of all the years, it finally reached one billion. After 210 years, after that, what's the population now of Earth? Seven and a half billion, with a B. Seven and a half billion. I got to reading about this one time, and uh, scientists speculate that the Earth, without God's interference, could support 11 and a half billion human beings. We're at seven and a half. And they speculate that barring a gigantic war or a plague or something like that, the population will reach 11.5 billion in 2050. I'm not putting this out that 2050 is the year God's coming. I'm putting this out as food for thought. That, yes, Jesus' is coming has been soon since the disciples. And as far as time, that isn't true. As far as what they know, that is true, because they wake up, and there he is. But it's going to be soon. People here are going to see Christ come. I am sure of it. I hope I'm one of them. I, I really hope I'm one of them. And Second uh, Peter, and if you'd like to turn to Second to Peter with me, and chapter 3, and verse 8, and on. But beloved, do you not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any any Hitler, Stalin, name some bad people, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. What is it? We'll be kind of probably even us Adventists that know all about this stuff. There'll be some of us that'll go, really? Just like the people of Noah's time. So, food for thought on when. But don't dwell on it. Just know that it's going to happen. Why? Well, I'd like to start out first with a verse everybody knows. Why is God doing this? John 3.16 for God so loved the world exactly pretty simple huh pretty easy um, and no matter how bad it gets here on earth and God knows how bad it can get and he knows that we suffer here he wants to make it better 
and um, let not your heart be troubled, for I am God, and I'm there with you. And he wants to be with us. He wants to commune with us. Remember in Eden, did he just make Adam and Eve in the garden and that's it? No. No. Exactly. He knew what was going on all the time because he was there with Adam and Eve, wasn't he? He wanted to visit with Adam and Eve. He wanted to walk and talk with them. You think he's changed that attitude any? No, that's what he wants to do with us. I, I, I love the idea of going into space. I've always done that. Though, those poor Mercury astronauts, I don't know if I could have done that one. But the idea of being lifted up, I don't know if maybe some, there's some Bible scholars here know how we're going to get lifted. Is our angel going to grab us by the scruff of the neck and take us up? Or are we just going to be able to float? Or It's going to be cool, however it is. And then we're going to go into heaven and look and say goodbye to this earth. And Jesus, I think, you know, we could get back there in a flutter of an eye. We could get to heaven in a flutter of an eye. It doesn't take God any time to travel. But I think he's going to take his time with us. And I think he's going to show stuff off. And he's going to say, well, you guys thought this was a black hole and it was horrible. Let me tell you what it really is. With the understanding, these pictures are mostly from Hubble telescope. And a lot of these pictures are images of light that left thousands of light years ago, meaning that what we see now might be 1,000, 2,000, even 3,000 years old. It might not even be there anymore. We don't know. But God made all the stars in the heavens. And he put them there, I think, for, to help us ponder because that shows his glory. It shows his majesty. It shows his power. If God can do that by speaking it, he can make us all new again. Everybody that ever lived that's in Christ, he can make everybody new again. Satan, I think, doesn't want us to believe that. He wants us to put some shackles on God and say, yeah, Where's that power come from? Well, if he can speak something the size of uh, Canis Majoris, you know what that is? That's one giant big sun that dwarfs our sun. Just dwarfs it. God spoke, God spoke whole galaxies into existence. Well, what's he going to show us? Well, there's, anybody? Mars? Then, come on, let's go. Jupiter? Now, we're, we're probably going to fly through our solar system. Saturn? He might tell us what the rings really are. Yeah. Anybody can tell me what this one is? Yeah. And? 
Neptune. And then we get to Pluto. That's right. Always loved Pluto because it was named after a favorite cartoon character who scared Andy at Disneyland. Um, we, sent a, we sent a spaceship, Voyagers, you know, a number of them, but one was to go through our solar system. It took 23 years to get to Pluto. Now, it was going to the different planets, but using them to whip around their gravity to go to the next planet. It took 23 years to get to Pluto. That's the outside of our solar system that we know. 23 years. 3.5 billion, B, billion miles away. They plant, they, um, the scientists uh, made Voyager when it reaches, turn around and take a picture of Earth. Find Earth and then take a picture of it. Oh, that's what Earth is going to look like when we leave, but it won't be anything for us to turn back around and go, oh, I miss it already. Everybody see this little tiny dot? Can you see the dot? Right here. That's Voyager three and a half billion miles away, turned around, took a picture of Earth. The bar going across is sunlight on the lens of the camera, not in space. There was nothing in space. That little dot is where we're from. That little dot Jesus died for and died on. That's Earth. And then we head out from our solar system, look back, and there's the Milky Way, our mm, neighborhood, the Milky Way. And then we go on and see other galaxies that he's built. There's actually two galaxies there. This is called the Sombrero Galaxy. It looks almost perpendicular to us. And then God's going to say, well, you thought this was something, a quasar or a, a nebulae. That's right. Very good. And you had your ideas of what was going on or what caused it? And he'll explain them to us. But the sights he's going to show us on his way out. God, let's face it, is a creator. And I think he likes to show off. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is a quasar. This is a black hole. This is actually not a picture. This is a artist's conception of a black hole and they're real bad scary and I think Jesus is gonna probably tell us what it is some of this actually might be left over from the war we don't know but as we get closer to heaven this nebula is called the hand of God can you see the fingers the hand the hand of God in the blue there with the fingers. And we don't know where heaven actually is. This is the cone nebula, a star producer, we think. This is the columns of creation. It's a good name. 
because uh, stars spit out of this thing. It's like an incubator for stars. That we think that's we think that's what it is. And then we get close to heaven. Can you imagine what that's going to look like when we get close? And so we're in heaven. What a journey, huh? That's ah, just begun. That's nothing. How long are we going to be in heaven? Thousand years. Oh, that's a terrible long time. But compared to eternity, nothing, right? Uh, someone explained uh, eternity is if you close your eyes, that means close your eyes. Close your eyes. Imagine a dark room with a shiny stainless steel ball three feet in diameter. And from one side comes this butterfly. And the wing just pings that ball, ping, and moves on. Then comes back, and the wing pings the ball again. By the time, you can open your eyes. By the time that ball is worn down, that's the first day of eternity. That helps him. Um, what are we going to be doing for a thousand years in heaven? Well, first, <laughs> I think we're going to be praising in ways we never figured out how to do here on earth. We're going to be in the presence of God, and we're going to realize what he did for us. It's going to flush in. We'll still be learning about it for eternity, but what we think we know now, nothing is going to hit us when we get to heaven, I think. And we're going to praise God. Then, what was God's, what was Jesus' favorite thing to do, meeting people and being with people while he was on earth here? Time and time again, it tells in the Bible. What did, what did he love to do? Potluck. He loved to eat with people. I think we're going to have a feast when we get there. Oh, man, what a feast that's going to be. I can't imagine the table. You know, my son-in-law, Edre, built a family-sized dinner table out of uh, beetle kill wood. It's gorgeous. And it's big. Can you imagine the table that's going to be in heaven? And Jesus having the blessing? Um, God has provided visions to people about what heaven's going to be like. Ellen White was taken to heaven in vision. And guess who the tour guide was? Jesus. Can you imagine going on a tour and Jesus is your tour guide? A year later, she had another vision. That was of the new earth. And again, Jesus was the tour guide. Can't imagine what that would be like. But we're going to experience that. Jesus will take us on tours of the new earth. But a thousand years in heaven. Then, most of our time is going to be investigating. Not for our benefit, but for God's benefit. God has been accused of being unfair by Satan and a third of the angels. And we're there to investigate his decisions 
as to who is and who is not in the book of life. You know there's not a book of death, just a book of life. I don't think there's a book of death. Never ran across that in the Bible, but definitely a book of death. I mean, book of life. And if you're in the book of life, you have eternity. If you're not in the book of life, it's not you're waiting somewhere else. You're in limbo. It's as if you never existed except in the mind of God. Um, and we're going to investigate and go through all the names, answer all the questions as to why the Father has said, yes, he's in heaven. No, he or she's not in heaven. And we will find and come to the conclusion and vindicate God from what Satan, his angels, and at times us have said. God's unfair. And we'll vindicate him and see that the names he put in the book of life should be in the book of life. And justify God. Now that sounds like, are you sure we should be judging that? Well, we're not judging God per se. We're answering the question that Satan raised umpty ump years ago. And in our own minds, in the other creation's minds, in the remaining angels' minds, because for eternity, Jesus has promised there will never be sin again. Never again. Now, it would be one easy way for him to do that. Take away our free choice. And be honest with you, after living on this earth for as long as I have and seen what I've seen, that'd be okay with me. It really would. I'm a, I'm a military brat. Having my free choice taken away, I'm used to it. And I'm considering what that would give me for eternity. Yeah, I'd pay the price. I paid the price when I was in the service. I'd pay the price again. But he's not going to do that. That's not him. Because God is love. Not God is, God is loving, but he's more. God loves us, but he's more. God is love. God is love. How are we doing? Oh, okay. Um, then, after all that, maybe one more feast. I don't know. I hope so. Then we, he says, oh, time to go back. Go back to, you saw that picture of what earth looked like. I mean, it was bad. And the only thing living on it was be Satan. So we go back. We go back in the New Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. And it, like a spaceship, we go back to Earth. And then we land on Earth. And um, again, a number of Bible writers and Ellen White, that I know of, probably others, God has given them visions of what that new earth is going to be like. 
I didn't think there was going to be little ones in heaven. I thought we'd all be eight, nine feet tall, and little ones will be all of a sudden adults. That'd be kind of cool. I know you think so, but uh, there is going to be little ones. Ellen White said that when she was on her tour, she ran across some little ones, and their robes had red trim around them instead of gold. And um, they were the ones that had been martyred with their parents. Um, so there will be little ones in heaven. But the difference, one difference is us big people will be like children. Especially when we're in heaven with Jesus. We'll all be like little children. Um, I love this one. With Jesus, with the little children. And that could be us. You could put yourself in there. And in the background, the New Jerusalem. And he says, go build your country. This is your city home. Go build your country home. Wherever you want to on the earth, go build it. I have a mind of my home. Now, we're not going to kill a tree to build our home, right? So I thought, I'd like to have a living house. I want mine of all different kinds of flowers. One room, nothing but roses. Another room, nothing but grapes so I can eat it. Another, all different rooms. And maybe someday Jesus will come visit and says, I want to give you a blessing for your house. Here's a, I just created this brand new flower for you, for your house. That's my vision. But you think, oh, come on, Bob. How hard would that be to train it to do the door and the windows, each different room? How long do we have? Eternity. I could be right in the middle of it, and Jesus comes and says, hey, Bob, come on over with me to this other creation. I want you to talk to the people and tell them what you're doing. It's not a big deal. I can leave that, and i got eternity to finish it. The Sabbaths we'll have. Would Jesus give in the sermon? Can you imagine? The angels singing? I mean, we had some good singing here today. Thank you so much for that song selection. I gave, I, I gave Deb one thing. I wanted that uh, Harold song in it. Everything else was up to her. And she, Thank you so much. You have a great selections. Um, the time we're going to have in heaven will be here. And that was the correction that I was given. And I've confirmed it since then. Heaven will be here. God is going to move heaven to be here. So we can be with God 24-7. And God with us 24-7. So from what earth is now to what it's going to be with us in it, do we have something to look forward to? Do we have something to praise our God for? Oh, man. Yeah, we do. Let's thank him right now. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for your love and your care for us. Thank you for the promise of coming back Thank you for your sacrifice to make it all possible. 
Lord, we look forward to it. But keep our minds and our eyes and our hearts on the path today. And have us go the path that you have us go. To take us to that day that we can thank you, praise you, and love you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen.